All right, today's uh, message or devotional is Becoming a Good Finder. How can you train your mind to focus on good things? And the first scripture is Proverbs 23 and 7. Do you want to go ahead and read that in your version, Mom? And then me and Amber can read what we have. Proverbs 23 and 7? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Proverbs 23 and 7. Oh, he can read it from, I can read it from there? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's probably better. As he, thinks, as he thinks in his heart, so is he. As one who reckons, he says to you, eat and drink. Mm-hmm. Yet his heart is not with you, but is grudging the cost. Is that it? Yes. So, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. And as one who reckons... He says to you, eat and drink, yet his heart is not with you, but is grudging the cause. So it's saying that, (laughs) for one, as a person thinks in their heart, that's who they are. Mm -hmm. You know, the way you think in your heart, that's a a picture of who you are. Mm -hmm. And I remember just my thoughts, um, my thoughts, man. And before I got saved, they were just constantly evil. And the Bible talks about that. Like the the unrighteous man, their thoughts is constantly evil. But when I I became saved, the way I thought and the way I talked and related to people changed. My motive wasn't evil anymore. Uh, It was like, okay, I'm saying this because it's for your good. And I would get frustrated because people wouldn't listen. They would just be like... (laughs) Okay, whatever. But I'd be like trying to, you know, tell them something for their good and no longer were my evil, my motives evil. So I think as we approach God's work, like finding the goodness and what what it is that he uh, and everything that he does. Finding God and training your mind to see the good. I think a lot of us will begin to point out the good goodness of God like I used to do like as soon as I'm like you know the birds are chirping the sun is shining it's a good morning oh no it's not a good morning because x y and z fit happened then this didn't happen you know other people outside influences were always telling me how it wasn't a good thing that it wasn't a good morning it wasn't a good day because that person had trained their mind to pick out negativity even in the good and I am, I wouldn't say by nature, uh, the person who I was before I got saved was not an optimist at all, um, or what they would call an optimist, the glass is half full. But when I became saved, it was like, that switched on automatically for me. Now, each person, it takes a different, um, it takes a different time or different event. Like Amber and I were discussing a young woman that we knew yesterday that every time she spoke, it was just always something negative. And even when she was saying good things, mm-hmm. it was saying it in a very, ju- she was saying it in a very judgmental way. Mm-hmm. And Amber was like, it's something about when she speaks, I don't like to hear it. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it'll be, t- she'll be talking about the goodness of God or something good about God, but it's just like the tone even when she's typing it out on social media it's a tone to it mm. like it'll be like god is good now ain't he 
Mm-hmm. Like it will just be like a <laughs> negative undertone to it when you truly. And I think that was just an outward expression because in the church, there's something called like it's a, it's a phrase for it now. It's called toxic positivity. Mm. Now, y'all know I am a smiley, happy, generally happy-go-lucky person. Mm-hmm. My normal countenance, I'm normally smiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to make me laugh. It's easy to make me smile. But when it's time to be serious, I know how to be serious. Mm-hmm. Um, and when there, when the situation calls for me to be more like a lion than a lamb, I know how to do it. But there is a level of toxic positivity in the church that it's like if you ever speak on something that you've experienced that cannot be construed in a positive light or construed in a a positive light people feel like you being negative and in reality you're talking about your cares the cares of your life and you're looking for someone who understands, or it, who, even if you don't understand, that you would at least acknowledge and validate how the walk that I'm walking through as a believer. A lot of times, people are toxically positive. Well, you just gotta have faith. Mm-hmm. Just gotta look on the bright side, and that's not coming out of your heart. Mm-hmm. Like this scripture says, "For as he thinks in his heart, so is he." Mm-hmm. If you truly thought that way, mm-hmm. and that was truly who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it wouldn't be forced. It wouldn't be so. There, you can tell when someone is naturally a positive person, mm-hmm. and you can tell when it is forced. And I've noticed, like, and I, I don't know if you guys can attest to this, but like, you know, you being a believer, you don't have to act a certain way. Mm-hmm. You don't have to force yourself to act a certain right. way. It mm-hmm. just is that. Mm-hmm. Normally, when people are around me, they they love it because it's like it ain't. We're not talking bad, bad about people. Now, if your spirit ain't right, you're not going to enjoy that because it's going to be too much positivity. And people have told me they thought that I was fake because I don't sit around and tear people down i don't sit around and gossip with people you know uh even if i have a negative word about somebody because people are like oh this person never had a negative word they're either lying or they just don't tell you the negative word because they can't trust you but a lot of times there's no way that you can the bible says woe to those who men speak well of Every, every all men speak well of because you're just not going to get along with everybody and everybody's not going to be positive and you can't be a positive patty it's toxic positivity but i'm saying this to say that most people enjoy my presence because i am very light-hearted and i really do see the positive in some things and i know that i can encourage people that's one of the gifts that I feel like when I got saved that God blessed me with. But I've seen been around people who try to fake my attitude and re and duplicate it. And it's been a strain for them where they would try to keep it up for like a few days and then eventually it began to wear on themselves because that wasn't how they thought in their heart. So they were not that. Because my the attitude of my heart is that Jesus already paid the ultimate price. Everything good. We all good. <laughs> that I that could come from the abundance of my heart. But um, Amber, did you want to say something? I know you was yeah. just flagging me down. Because the begin the beginning of this is about yeah a Proverbs twenty three. Okay, it's about the ruler. 
And then, if you are a man of great appetite, you know, desire his delicacies for his acceptance food. Listen, don't worry yourself to uh, wealth and gain seeks from consideration. When you set your eyes on it, it's gone, for wealth certainly makes itself wings, like an eagle that flies towards the heaven. Do not eat the bread of a selfish man or desire his delicacy, for as, mm. as he thinks within himself, so is he. So this is a twofold thing where it talks about how a man sees, uh, how a man thinks mm-hmm. of himself or would think, would think within himself. So we, sometimes we may not voice how we think about other people, mm-hmm. but we think within ourselves or within yeah. ourselves. But that's only a reflection of who you mm-hmm. are. Because uh, I think I, I agree with you, sure, where you say, you know, um, it's another scripture that said, out of the abundance of the heart, a mouth, a, mouth I, the mouth yes. speaks. Mm-hmm. So I think about them two scriptures, and I tell you with the beginning of 23, where you, it is, you have to be in a place with God. Where it doesn't matter what a person think of you, because a lot of times it's a reflection of them. Because like mm-hmm. you Absolutely. said, somebody can give you a praise, mm-hmm. or he can tell you, "Oh, eat and drink. I'm really, I'm really for you. Oh, yeah. you're so good. You're so good." But in reality, it's a grudging thing yeah. behind it, where they really mm-hmm. don't love you. They really don't care for you. Yeah. And so, because that's something within them and not with you. So, one thing I was telling my niece the other day is, like, we have to get away from the opinions and the thoughts and the feelings and emotions of other people because it's a them problem, not a you problem. Yes, you work on yourself and as far as that's healthy for you, but... You cannot take on the cares and the opinions of other people yeah. because that will drive you crazy because you don't know what's inside of them. Only God knows what's inside of them. But also think about the things in the church and how you get ministers uh, and leaders yeah. to a center. They, they feel they like, okay, they know you, but you don't mm-hmm. know my heart. You don't know my motives because God said, man, looks on my heart. Uh, the outside, the appearance of man, and I look on the heart of man. So, no, intentionally, you don't know my heart, but that's why God said, that's why you don't trust in the, like she said, mm-hmm. what's the man that always well, praise you? Uh, or well, yeah, but absolutely. you don't know the intention. You, that's why you don't go off of these accolades. Mm-hmm. I remember Pastor Terrence said, you know, these people getting these trophies and all these things, and they just smiling, but on their way to hell. Because nobody, everybody is praising mm-hmm. you for your accolades and everything that you're doing, but nobody is saying mm-hmm. something's wrong with your heart. Because mm-hmm. see, that person, if you be around them long enough, understand that it's I want glory for myself. I want people mm-hmm. to praise me. Um, and I would tell my kid all the time, if you could sit up and talk about people, you're trying to divert what's going on with you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, girl, because every time me, you sit enough. around, mm-hmm. I'm talking about a particular person constantly. Mm-hmm. That's to divert the attention off of me because I don't want you to see. I remember you taught me this at a young age. Mm-hmm. When people sit up and do these things, it's to divert mm-hmm. the attention mm-hmm. off of themselves because, honestly, mm-hmm. that's how they feel about themselves. Mm-hmm. The Bible also said, judge, let you, let you not be judged by the same measure you have judged. Mm-hmm. You have to understand these things are showing you it could the word is not only a mirror to you but how i view you 
it's ultimately how I view myself. And I remember dealing with Shell, and the Lord had told me, just I this is something that's needed because the Lord has I was angry and upset with her. And um he said, you know, how you treat her is how you would treat me. And this okay. was the Holy Spirit speaking. And I know that was Jesus what he was saying. And it dawned on me like because he said, I have the, the same spirit that's in you is in her. And that mm. was the same spirit that pretty much that, wow. that was in Jesus. It's the same spirit. Wow. And so how you treat her, you treat, you treat me. I'm like, no, nah, I wouldn't. Mm. But if we don't come to the reality mm. of if you're my brother and sister mm. in Christ mm. and how I treat you is exactly how I would treat Christ. Mm. And not only that, it's how I treat you is how I'm feeling inside and how I expect others to treat mm. me. Because you know what? I treat her. That's why people be paranoid. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I sit up here and gossip about her. So when they come mm-hmm. in the room, they, they look at mm-hmm. you talking about me. Mm-hmm. If you didn't mm-hmm. sow that, mm-hmm. you wouldn't expect to reap that. Mm, that's good. So when you think about that, when he said, he's showing you the other person, but in the reality, mm-hmm. he's letting you know, just like this person, you can be in that state too, mm-hmm. where you be like, oh, I don't mind doing this for you, but going back like, girl, I'm tired of having to do this for her. Mm-hmm. Or you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're putting on this facade mm-hmm. that oh everything is good and dandy, but in reality, I want to stab you in yeah. your back. Yeah. Reality, I want to call your dang old eyes out. Mm-hmm. Or oh, I just love Shell, but in reality, I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. I think, and that's something me and Shell was talking about how based off of a situation mm-hmm. in younger in our years, mm-hmm. I held her to something. And not only mm-hmm. that, she held herself to that same the yeah. same incident we were dealing with. Yeah. I was struggling with her. She was struggling with herself. And the release and the freedom that took place yesterday, mm-hmm. it was just like mm-hmm. now I can see yep. that her intentions are good. Now I can see in a, in a sense of now I know why. Why I was so itchy with her with certain things and why she felt the need to do certain things. And two, God had to... One thing about God, when you start being in his word, he'll start bringing up some things of your heart so that you can heal, so you can be set free and delivered because you're thinking, oh, I got a grudge with this person. This person make me me upset. I can't forgive this person. But the other person is holding on to that guilt and burden. And forgiveness (laughs) is not only for yourself... It's for that other person because you don't know what load mm-hmm. that they're carrying. And I'm like, yeah. when we me and Shell was talking about that, I'm like, I seen her do like this. I'm like, that had to be happy. Mm-hmm. You carried that. And we were young. You carried that all these years. Mm-hmm. And I carried that all these years. And it I didn't understand so why. I didn't understand why. So that's why it's so important to have a relationship with God and to be in his word and to fellowship with other believers. And keep your heart open to that because I didn't know why. I just thought it was just because of current situations. But I remember Bill used to always tell me, when you blow up like that, when you do certain things like that, it's deeper than what you see, Amber. The it's not the surface things. You know what I'm saying? So I just thank God for that. I thank God for his word. But... Uh, when you do, when you do walk in forgiveness, it changes your perspective yes. and allows you to be able to see God's goodness and everything. Yes, you know that's why it's so important for us if we have an ought to bring it to that person because I'm telling you, it takes the blinders off. 
Yes, takes the blinders off and it opens the floodgates. It softens your heart. The Bible says, talks about how God will take our stony hearts and give yes. us a heart of flesh. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, man, I thought I was a crybaby before I got saved. <laughs> the way your heart becomes way more sensitive yes. to other people when you go and you be like, you know what? I'll bring this to you. And that person say, well, you know what? I didn't see it that way. But this is what my what I was going through in that, that thing. And it opens your world up to begin to see God and to begin to see God in them. And when you see people the way God sees them, your perspective on life, finding the good becomes easier and yes. easier. I'm telling you. I'm telling yes. you guys. I'm pretty sure, you know, you've had the relief of reconciling with, with friends and you know? yeah. Or you've been so Family. mad. Y'all ever been so mad at somebody? And then turns out, I remember I was driving. And Lord help me. <laughs> because I, when people drive dangerously or they do something, I, like I have a problem with that. And I am admitting my problem and my shortcoming. And mm-hmm. I remember, and the kids were in the car. And I'm like, come on. You driving like this? And then I pulled up behind him, and it's, it was a student driver. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, oops. I was like, ooh, my bad. I was like, ooh, forgive me, Lord. Mm-hmm. Like, that was a student driver. And the kids saw me. And what they remember from that was my humility, not so much the mad and the anger. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I wasn't cussing them out or anything, but I'm like, come on now. <laughs> you know, doing like I do talking to him and they remembered that and they brought it up and it was like oh, uh, I think she remember he said oh that's the student driver <laughs> like they remembered that humility part where I could just think like oh my gosh I was so enraged at this person not really enraged but I was upset mm-hmm. with how they were driving mm-hmm. and it's like once you see it from that perspective mm-hmm. It, it like totally dissolved all the frustration I had with them because I was like, I remember what it was like to be practice driving. I just I got just my license say, like five years, could that five have, years ago. Yeah, that definitely Speaking happened. about that. With playing with that thing like could that. Could that be a reason why? Because remember I was like, oh, sure, you got bro mm-hmm. rage. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, I don't. I'm like, mm-hmm. sure, you can talk to these people and they yeah. don't need mm-hmm. you. Yeah. But could that be a reason because <laughs> of what others had done to yes, you? Yes, it definitely is. Because when I when I think about, I had a leader, a pastor, a leader, who they, they needed a ride. And I personally, the, y'all may not know this, but I just got my license five years ago. So this August will be the sixth year I've had my license and I'm in my thirties. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's deep because it was some other stuff. But you know, when I was learning how to drive as a teenager, my parents were getting a divorce and they didn't just didn't have the patience to teach me at the time. And so I internalized every critique on my driving as a critique against me as a person. It's not your fault. It's not dad's fault. That's just how it was. I took everything internally and took it as a critique on who I was as a person. And so I never ended up, I, for years, I didn't even want to learn how to drive because I was just like, there was so much anxiety there for me. Like, I was just like, okay, I would, anytime I would get behind a wheel, I would be anxious. Even though I took the driver's aid course, I was supposed to just be able to practice drive. But at the time, you, mom, you and dad were getting a divorce and 
it was just like they didn't didn't have the time to really or the patience to really take me and I understand because it's hard being behind that wheel when it's a student driver like it didn't even think about what I experienced behind that student driver where I was just frustrated it's that's that's a lot and I wasn't even in the car (laughs) so I can imagine the level of frustration that comes with that and already going through a life change like a divorce it's huge you know that's that's a deep thing so I'm not saying this bringing this up to accuse you guys i'm just saying uh talking about my perspective with the road rage thing and so anytime somebody would critique my driving i would think take it as a critique against myself and i'm like don't tell me you know (laughs) it would be like this you know don't don't you try to tell me because i know and this type of you know you know attitude Mm -hmm. and i'm telling y'all i have so softened uh, to people having uh, having a heart for other people um, and just really having compassion for other people mm-hmm. when it comes to student driving when it comes to other people on the road but yes I think that definitely that road rage has something to do with how I felt when I was learning how to drive like that anxiety you know what I mean like I, I do like if the anger part does but then I'm just a talkative type of person I'm gonna talk to you and if you can't hear me <laughs> so there's two parts of that but I think the anger part definitely came from when I was learning how to drive and I say this because that when you understand the reason why behind some things it changes how yes. you see those same events yes. and so as a man thinks so if I'm thinking in my heart that every time somebody critiques my critiques my driving, they're critiquing me, mm. it's gonna affect how I view bad driving mm-hmm. or what I deem as bad driving. And I'm telling you, it, it is something when you know the reason why because it it melts you, it melts you yeah. down. Like you're like, okay, now I feel compassion for you. Yeah, I feel I can you know I can empathize with you. Because I was a student driver. Not only that, I didn't get my license until I was in my thirties, and you know, did it require you to stump on every one of those steps, sir? Oh, yes, you were. That's yeah, you funny. Were. You meant to not to you sound like you were stumping, but baby, it was loud. So when you go through life and you don't understand God's perspective, you don't see yourself the way God sees you, a lot of times it's just like, you can't offer that to anybody else. You don't see that, you know? When I was always constantly angry, I was, I couldn't offer forgiveness to other people because I didn't feel forgiven. You know what I mean? I was constantly angry and then I got born again. Then I understood forgiveness somebody who was truly innocent because even though I felt like oh this is my I'm innocent and people think this about me and then it was like true innocence Jesus was truly innocent of all wrongdoing and he took on the sins of the world so when you put it in that perspective you do begin to see God's goodness in all things because you're like you know what I felt like this and I'm not completely innocent you know there's no stain of innocence on any human being but I know if anybody wasn't innocent it wasn't me you know what I mean like there I was definitely the sick in need of a doctor yeah yeah, Uh, it's not until you realize that can you truly be delivered out of some things because you think you're perfect 
outside of God. And that's not, that's simply not reality, you know. So going through some of the things I've gone through has shown me and has taught me. I have really learned to be grateful for the things I've experienced in my life. You know, it has helped to shape the person that I am becoming. And every year I try to grow in one area, you know, grow leaps and bounds from the person that I used to be because of perspective, because of viewing God's uh, goodness and everything and not necessarily complaining, you know, so... Can y'all think of times when you thought something was a certain way and then you got God's perspective on it and it changed how you viewed that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I said, my mom said, I stand corrected. I stand corrected. What about you, mom? Can you think of a time where you felt like things were one way? I mean, you felt in all your heart like, okay, this is it. And then God showed you that that's not it. I can't think of a time right on hand. So it, I know it, it happens. I've been through. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I, mom, I one thing I enjoy about you is that when you make a mistake, you are quick to humble yourself down. Like ever say it's say, I stand corrected. But like, oh, if I didn't do it right, I apologize. I remember you that the the humility in that, not so much your mistakes, but your humility in making the mistakes. I probably couldn't call off the top of the hand any the last time what it was that you said that about, but I remember, I remember that about you that your heart is in a place where you can be corrected that you haven't hardened your heart against correction. And I remember talking to I think it was Bill, who's one of your kids for sure, one of your older kids, and they were saying how. It was like one thing about mama. Mama go if she make a mistake. I think was it wasn't me and you having that conversation. But anyways, one of your kids were saying one thing about mama. If she did, if she find out she did something wrong, she gonna be like, oh okay, I stand corrected. <laughs> you know, is this is that that is so refreshing in a person, especially in your parents, because when you're a kid, you think your parents can do no wrong. <laughs> then you look, and it was like. You see them do wrong, then they come back and say, you know what? Well, I was wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, some people will maintain their their correctness till they die. They will literally die telling people, I was right, I was right, I was right. Man, to be in heaven when they realize they were not right, mm-hmm. it's going to be crazy. You know, <laughs> like, dang, Lord, I got it wrong. And I thought I was right all these years. You know, I held on to, but... It goes back to identifying with whatever the issue is, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, if I if I know that I have, you know, driven my car over people's toes in the past, okay? Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it's beginning to drive and kick, but let's just go with it. Mm-hmm. If I know I've been driving over people's toes, and then I go back later and find out a trail of people with broken toes because mm-hmm. I have driven my car over them. Mm-hmm. When I see that... <laughs> I don't know about anybody else, but I know I immediately, it's like it, you, you melt. You're like, dang, I thought I was, I did not know that I had done that. My bad, guys. <laughs> My bad. But I mean, for you to, for you to be in a position where you can look back and see that you have hurt other people because you thought you were doing right. 
And you could have been like, oh, that's just speed bucks. Mm. You know, I'm just going over to speed bucks. <laughs> you believe with all your heart that what you're doing is yeah. all right. But when you look back at people or people come to you, because sometimes you're not, you don't have the self-awareness. Mm. Because a lot of times we'll shut out correction. But when you, when people come back and they tell us, hey, when you did X, Y, and Z, that hurt me. If you don't melt, if you don't have that, like, you know, Amber described it as just a release of a breath, like, oh, you know, um, like, dang, I did that. I can't, can't really, the fact that I was behind that actually kind of hurts my feelings a little bit. If you don't have that moment where it's like you look back and reflect and you say, I hurt people in the past because of my, my view of God's goodness, then something is amiss with you because i'm telling you god will get to you and he'll just melt your heart on something and you're like dang i feel so much compassion for that person i thought they was coming from this bag and they're really working out of this bag and it it really will change you and you'll be like dang i was wrong you know my bad my bad my bad i'm quick to be like listen i'm sorry And especially people who knew me before, I would say when they knew the old man, oh, I apologize. Girl, whatever you say, I probably did it, but I'm sorry. You know, I can just tell you the perspective I had on it, give you perspective. It may not make a difference, but I'm sorry. You know, and honestly, it keeps you in a place where you are free. You know, keeps you out of the bondage of having to always be right that is a heavy load to carry to never make a mistake and one thing I enjoy about my relationship with Amber is that baby if we wrong we gonna come back like okay I thought it was this and it's that like yesterday I'm gonna give y'all a small example and then we're gonna move on so yesterday, I was. It was my day to cook. Me and Amber switching off. Okay, we gonna cook. We gonna cook. We gonna cook. We both good cook. So we like to switch off, and uh, just to share the load of that cooking thing because it can be overwhelming. And I had went to the grocery store and I asked Amber to take out the chicken, and she didn't take it out. <laughs> and when I got home, I was like, "Hey, Amber, where's the chicken that you took out?" She was like, "Oh, I forgot." You know, but it was her response. 